2: Audio Jungle. Welcome to the Huskies Guys Podcast.
1: Oh yeah! What's up everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Huskies Guys Podcast. We are pumped tonight to be joined by one of our favorite wide receivers, especially of recent memory uh and we are very excited to have him on brandon riley uh 20th in school history 70 catches 1,725 yards and 18.2 yards per catch which is something i had to double and triple check to make sure that was actually accurate because i did not believe you averaged 18 yards per catch in your entire career uh but we are pumped to have you on brandon welcome to the husk guys podcast
2: yeah i appreciate you guys uh looking forward to uh, the conversation
1: awesome man all right so here's our plan for today Huskies guys fans Uh, we're going to first obviously talk about our sponsors and then we're going to jump into Brandon. We're going to bounce back and forth from his playing days, talk about the current, current team, current squad where we're at after six games, uh, and what we should expect over the next six games and spoiler alert, I'm feeling extremely good. I think we're going to win the rest of our games, which is a very dangerous place to be in. And Brandon's going to calm me down, but first a word from our quick word from our sponsors. Uh, first off, uh, as per usual pipeline jerky, uh, Brandon was fortunately one of our, uh, First, first supporters of uh, Pipeline Jerky, so we appreciate you for that, Brandon. This great jerky, uh, every single bag sends a royalty directly to the uh, offensive line. Brandon, we're going to be talking about NIL a little bit and get your perspective on that, too. Uh, we also would love for everybody to check out huskguysstore.com. We got all the merch. We got cool, there's no place, like Nebraska stuff, Kobe Red stuff, this is the year stuff. Just came out with a new shirt today that is blowing up. That is, uh, if we die, we die, straight from Matt Rule's mouth. That shirt's blowing up and going like crazy, which has been fun. Uh, And finally, last shout out to uh, Landon Lore men's natural skincare product line. Uh, So, you know, we know the foundry has been pretty good to us and, uh, you know, we're getting wrinkles from watching Big Ten West football. So, you know, you probably want to look and feel as young as you were when you were the most dominant program in all of football back in the 90s. Landon Lore can get you there. Huskies 10 at checkout. Go to land lorecom Proud sponsor of Huskies Pod and Wrinkle Killer. All right, Brandon, coming off the top rope. Here is my first question. I'm always dying to ask this of former Huskers. So when you watch the game, how do you watch and what is the experience like? Like, are you stressed? Are you excited? Are you watching with friends? Do you have a text thread that you're blowing up on? Like hit us with that as a former player who played at the highest level. What's what's that like for you?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, a little bit of everything you kind of mentioned there. Uh, you know, I like to... I've got to the point where if I don't go to the game, I kind of just like to watch at home with a small group just so I can really watch it. And, you know, really, really watch the game intently rather than, you know, at a sports bar or something, it's kind of hard to see and hear. And I like to, uh, how am I trying to say this? You know, you, you really get a, a, a full view of the game kind of in a smaller setting, but you know, I still do. I, I go to a few games a year, uh, You know, I was down on the sideline for that Michigan game. Um, Unfortunate how (laughs) it turned out, but, uh, you know, it was pretty hype there before the game and a a bunch of former players were down there. So it's always good to see guys again and definitely have a few text threads with some former players. Um, You know, Nate Gary and I are very close, you know, college roommates. So, you know, usually talk to him uh, a few times throughout the game. And, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, It's been tough to watch at times, but I also see a lot of positivity this year and things to build on, and I do think Rule has done a, a pretty good job to this point, and I look forward to seeing um, kind of what he all does.
1: Yeah, what's I mean, I'd love for you to dig into a that little, a little bit more. So when you watch, I mean, you obviously played on some great teams, you know, some 10-win teams, some 9-win teams. Is it – as you're texting with friends and as you're watching intently, are you like – are you breaking down the game as you're watching it? Or are you saying like they should be doing this? Are you texting guys like this is awful? Like what's the level of like intent that you are as you're watching the game? Like what's the level of intensity?
2: Yeah. You know, it's probably gone down over the years, the intensity, you know, soon, a, you know, right after, obviously, you know, still playing Um, when I was up in Buffalo, you know, going back and forth, uh, you know, with guys on the team when, you know, playing their college team. So it was pretty intense watching at that point, but, you know, now that I'm getting older, you know, I'm just turning 30. Uh, the intensity level's down a little, but, uh, you know, the focus is still there on the games. And, you know, I don't like to bash them too hard because, you know, I've been in their spot. I know nobody wants to play bad and drop passes or throw picks or miss tackles. So, you know, I try not to get on guys, but um, – you know, I, I was really impressed that last game against Illinois when, you know, the defense kind of got beat up against Michigan. And, you know, I thought how they responded um, showed a lot about them and showed a lot about the coaching and they believe in the coaches. So that was something, Yeah, you, know, you know, watching the game I was really appreciative of.
1: Yeah, totally. Tell me – so this is another, you know, kind of bigger question we have coming off the top. So you played through a coaching change. Uh, you know, you started your career playing for Pelini. And so now I'm looking at it. he played one, two, three seasons with Pellini, mm-hmm. experienced the coaching change into Riley and then played two seasons under Riley. Uh, can you kind of take us into the locker room about that transition from year to year and tell us a little bit what you think the players are going through right now in this transition year? Now they're halfway through the transition year, but they're still in year one of a new coach. Mm-hmm. What, you know? What's that experience like in the first year of a new regime midway through the season?
2: Yeah, you know, Pelini and Riley, uh, two very similar coaches, you know, uh, both (laughs) ends of the spectrum there. Um, You know, I think it's a little bit different going from Frost to Rule, because I think a lot of people assumed that Frost was probably going to get fired, where Pelini was kind of out of the blue and how it happened. You know, me and Nate were talking about this the other day. You know, we found it was like an email or text message how we found out.
0: Jeez, really?
2: And I think that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, especially, you know, we had just beat Iowa. Um, It just rubbed people the wrong way a lot. And, you know, Pliny was a player's coach. Guys liked him a lot. And, you know, people were very bent out of shape um, that he got fired. And, you know, guys on the team went to the AD, like, you better bring us a winning coach now. And so I think when Coach Riley got hired – you know, there was definitely animosity and, and the locker room was split a little bit. And, you know, we, you, your leadership council, senior leaders, um, you know, we need them to really step up at that point to kind of bring people back together, remember why we're here, what we're doing, just kind of get back to the basics and and just play football play together and, and you know, stack some wins. And, you know, I think that's what these guys – you know, need to do, and I think they have been doing. You know, getting back to the basics, do the the little things. You know, you can't beat yourself. Hmm. You know, we the pre-snap penalties. You know, how many? I I, I realized the Illinois. You know, they maybe were, um, you know, clapping or messing yeah. up on the snap count. But you can't beat yourself. And yeah, wow. you know, I think when you go through a, a big coaching change, um, it's easy to to blame things on that. And I think you have to have a really strong leadership. Um, with amongst the team to, you know, not point fingers and, you know, step up yourself and, and get the job done.
1: Yeah. I think it's, I mean, I I think a lot of Nebraska fans are reflecting back on the Plain years quite a bit. I mean, it's crazy in hindsight, obviously there's a ton of other things going on in that season, but a nine and four season that finishes with a victory over, over Iowa is crazy that like, that's where it was to then (laughs) where it's been the last Five, yeah. six years, like nobody could have, I think, ever predicted that. So I totally makes sense that there'd be like the animosity of like, what do we gotta do? It's a nine win season. Uh, especially for the guys in the locker room who are winning all the games you should.
2: Yeah, it seems like I hate saying we're cursed and whatnot, but god, it just seems like nothing nothing goes our way. You <laughs> know, I feel like Illinois was the one game where, you know, the other team, they were dropping interceptions. We were yeah. getting some bounces yeah. and granted we we couldn't put the game away we like to make everyone stress out but it just seems like things aren't bouncing our way you know when frost comes in the game gets delayed and covid and all that you know it just it's been a crazy yeah. years and now i see it yeah. being a fan you know it's not curse the stadium at that it point. uh it gets tough <laughs> do you uh
0: yeah that no i 100 percent agree i think that like one thing that stands out to Nebraska fans is that, um, you know, every year it seems like it it just seems like there's like one or two missing ingredients, you know, there's like, like it seems like you've got the pieces in place and then something just crazily catastrophic that you couldn't have imagined will happen Mm -hmm. or something like losing our top two running backs and
1: our top three
0: receivers. I mean, things like (laughs) this just happened, but, but we're three and three, we still got a chance.
1: Well, I mean, let's, let's, you want to dive in right there, Andrew, like that. I mean, Brian, I love your perspective on, I mean, again, playing through adversity on what we got our top three wide receivers out, top two running backs out, Jeff Sims gets hurt, you know, start Mm -hmm. of the season, pretty thin across the board on offense. Like, you know, how do you think, I mean, I don't know, open-ended question on the offense. Yeah specifically because you've been a wide receiver and you know that world like how do these how do these young guys step up but then overall like as you're watching it you know what do you think about this offense and what do you think they got to do
2: uh yeah you're you're right and going back to you know things not going your way it's you know i know there's injuries on other teams but i feel like you know rules first year we're trying to get off to the right start and everyone seems to be going down it's it's tough but you know it's next man up and um an opportunity you know when it's there you got to make the most of it you know that's kind of how i first got on the field it was you know practice 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 do the right thing so if someone goes down they're going to call me and when that comes you know i have to i have to deliver or else they're going to try the next guy you know especially being a walk-on you know it's kind of kind of your role and how you know it's going to be and um you know i think uh i think i saw that malachi coleman from lincoln east might be starting this week and i'm yeah. oh, sure you know, did he think that would happen his freshman year? Maybe, but I, there, there's no time to wait now. You know, you've got to get ready to go. And,
0: choice now.
2: you know, with that, the game's a lot quicker than high school. The playbook's a lot more. Um yeah. Coaches have to do a good job at making it simple for some of these young guys. Now that they're going to play more, whether, you know, it's Malachi, you got these 10 plays you got to remember and, Jalen Lloyd, if you're getting in, you know, you got these 10 plays, really focus on these rather than throwing everything at them. Cause you know, they're going to be swimming out yeah. there, but it's uh, you know, they're great athletes and no better time to step up and make a name for yourself. Yeah, I do sure. think we have to, especially now use Fedoni a lot. Yeah. You know, Georgia uses that Bowers. I'm not saying they're the same player, but Fedoni's a, he's a mismatch and yeah. I think the more you get the ball in his hands, the, the easier it's going to be, and, you know, Harburg, uh, you know, I think uh, Fedoni's kind of his security blanket. If he doesn't know, you know, he's looking that way, and, you know, a tight end's a quarterback's best friend, and so I really think with these injuries, we got to start using him a lot.
0: Yeah, no doubt. How long do you think it was before you started feeling comfortable, I guess? I mean, I imagine the first rep compared to the, you know, the fifth to the hundredth is – quite a bit of difference but like at what point yeah. do you start saying like all right i should be out there
2: yeah no great great question um you know freshman year walk on you know i felt like i was in the wrong place you know you go from in <laughs> high school you're a pretty good player and they're calling the wrong person yeah and you know we're in, in the weight room doing like max pull-ups you know Amani cross does like <laughs> 40 and janovich and i'm like I'm in the wrong place, you know. <laughs> and you get on the field, and I, I remember I did like a, a release, and I like spun, and I'm like, "What am I even doing?" You know, and it's just like, <laughs> "Okay, back to the basics, figure it out." And so then you know, we just you just work hard, and you know, awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget. You know, Kenny Bell said in an interview one year. He's like, you know, if I'm buying stock in someone, he he was buying in me, and mm-hmm. I was just like, hearing that from a guy of his caliber, yeah. I was like okay if he sees it now you know i can see it in myself and i'm ready to go so um you know leadership like that you know that helped me bring me to the next level i would say and then you know when mike riley got hired he brought keith williams as the receiver coach and right you know that's really when i i think i hit the the next step for sure and you just find that he was I
0: mean, was it just his coaching style or, or, or what? It was was
2: his coaching style and how he, uh, he could relate everything. And, you know, I I've said this before and some I'll always remember, you know, he always just, he finally said one day, he's like, you know, I think I expect more out of you than you expect out of yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you sit there and think about that and like, well, damn, like, okay. He sees it. He's coached NFL studs, you know, let's just do it. And, so I think it was his way, his technique of the game and just the mental side of it. You know, he his big thing was, you know, of course, we want every pass to be right here. But, you know, if the ball's in the air and it's not where you want it, rather, you know, a lot of guys are like, you know, roll their eyes some. And he, he was yeah. like, no, your mindset needs to be wait till they see this catch. And so our room really grasped that. And f- from, you know, Jordan Camp to Pearson L to Stanley Morgan, Alonzo Moore. You know, we, we had we had quite a few catches, um, you know, on top 10 even. And, and I really think that was a testament to him and the mindset, you know, we had because of him.
1: God, it kills me hearing these names. like all seven of those guys are <laughs> starting the team right now. I mean, that's like, that is a squad. What I mean, I, I would kind of love your take on that too. I mean, even coming back to like, I still can't believe you averaged 18 yards per catch your entire career. What, I, I, and I love, Tommy Armstrong's probably an all-time, all time favorite, just the yellow bombs. The guy could just like absolutely chuck it dramatically different offense than now. Mm -hmm. I guess, what do you think of our current overall offensive strategy philosophy? It's obviously dramatically different than what you ran in, or maybe it's aimed to be similar, but we just don't Mm -hmm. have the pieces yet.
2: You know, it's, it's tough to get a full grasp, you know, with uh, Satterfield, you know, his first year it's tough and he probably wishes he had some other guys out there and it's, without being able to go review the film, you know, just kind of watch on TV, it's tough to see scheme and passes. And, you know, last game we threw a pass to Ty and I think we threw it into the wind, and he kind of had to come back and he caught it. But I, I think it was a very well-designed play where if we could have made the throw, he would have probably scored wide open, looked like a hero play call, you know. So it's, it's really tough without going and watching the film. But – You know, you got to find some things that work, you know, whether it's Harburg or Sims, it's like, okay, what passes are you comfortable with? Let's get those. Let's build some confidence and then build off of that. And, you know, you you mentioned Tommy, you know, chucking it up, but you know, he did that because he was confident that we were going to come down with it. And, you know, once one guy makes it, the other guys want to make the plays and, you know, we had a, a fun competitive room. It was never, you know selfish at all it was we wanted the, the next guy to make the play but we wanted to have the catch of the of the game for sure and you know we had a great room and I hope you know these receiver rooms get to how ours was but uh you know these injuries definitely hurt yeah no I, I mean Tommy just had an absolute bazooka it's just yeah,
1: he he just
2: absolutely let it rip yeah he, he can awesome. sling it for sure I, I went and watched him last year play for the Omaha Beef and He's yeah. still just slinging it still around.
1: around. <laughs> yes, I've seen some highlights
2: of uh, him just are, like
0: <laughs> the indoor field's too small for him. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Like chucking it into the stands. <laughs> He's hitting the hot dog guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think about the the or I guess what was your reaction to hiring Garrett McGuire?
2: I mean, yeah. You know, for first reaction. Um yeah. I don't want to say disappointed because that's not fair to him. Sure. But. You know, Keith Williams reached out to me and he's like, hey, who do you know up there? I'm trying to come back. And I'm like, he's the best around. But I just said, I just said, I "I don't know anyone up there anymore, really. And so I was disappointed. I don't know if they ever talked to him. I don't know if they knew. Who do we need to talk to? That's it. Yeah. I mean, he's he's locked in on the NFL right now. But I just think he's such a good college coach because how he can relate to – anybody and how he coaches but he's doing great with the Ravens he's got a great group there and he I I mean I can't say enough good things about him but um I got a chance to meet uh Garrett uh, McGuire um a few times and you know he's dedicated he's very passionate I think he knows the position well and it'd be a tough spot though especially with NIL being a young coach criticism maybe the receivers aren't making plays it, it's a tough spot but uh i mean i i, I think he he can do it and i mean you hear about coaches and players in the nfl that said great things about him and and his reputation so you know i hope the best for him
0: yeah, yeah i think- Like just hearing the i guess the players reactions and stuff so far sometimes it's just hard you know from a, that outsider perspective like are they just do they just not want to you know, be honest sometimes, and you're like, are they just saying that so they don't lose any plan time or something? You know, yeah. but I, I think the genuine reaction seems, at least to me, like you know that this guy is relating to the players, and like that, that's a huge, important piece. And um, and you know, we've we've locked in some pretty good recruits like Mal Coleman. I mean, he was kind of flipping around a little bit, and then
2: yeah, we were, he was never going anywhere. I think he just oh. like to. Even so, I
0: mean, you, you got you know mal coleman Jalen lloyd uh isaiah mcmorris next year you know devon hall like those are all a lot of the top receiving talents and stuff in the state and that's that's uh at least somewhat of a testament that they want to come play for him so i think it's a good sign
2: yeah absolutely you got you got it the best kids in the state you have to get them and i think you know last however many years you know guys have went el- elsewhere so you're right that's been a a good testament that those guys have committed here and they want to come help turn the ship around
1: from, from an NIL standpoint, this is yeah. so something that I, I love it. Uh, just, I mean, as an outsider and someone who started a, a company that's dedicated to building back the Husker's no, I'm on the screen, but the, um, you know, I, I, guess I I'm excited about it cause I think it's an opportunity for Nebraska to truly lean into the Nebraska fan support and create all of these different business opportunities that encourage players and recruits to come play at Nebraska. I just think we have an unparalleled you know, fan base and opportunities here, and it's the only thing in the state. And so I think it helps us level the playing field. But for you, I mean, what's your overall take on it, whether it's good, whether it's bad, what it does to the locker room or potentially does to the locker room? i mean, curious as like a former player, you would have a much better handle on The goods and the bads of of what it can or will do
2: yeah um good questions there's a lot a lot that goes into it you know a lot of thoughts um i do think something was needed i'm surprised there hasn't been much regulation on it um you know what what's yeah um, what's texas quarterback uh or community years Yours, I mean, what, he went to Ohio State for a year, got a million bucks, signed some (laughs) cards, and then just leaves. Marked by him, but it just seems wild to me. Um, You definitely have to have a great head coach to be able to manage all that, manage the locker room, and it it does get difficult because kind of relating to it's like, you know, say a walk-on is constantly outperforming a scholarship guy, but the scholarship guy is that big, highly recruit, fans want to see him they know him but you know when do you put the walk-on guy who may be doing better or another scholarship guy who wasn't highly as recruited or maybe in the media as much and so now it's you know you got some guys making a ton of money but if they're not performing can they just make that money sitting on the bench yeah Mm -hmm. you know but you know i do think there's been some great things of it um Oh, what's it? That Dakotas Crawford, um, <laughs> you know, that heating and air commercial. It was perfect for the company. Yeah. They went viral. Yeah. But then, you know, he tears his ACL, and never plays and, and transfers, but wow. he gets the money. So he's, he's arguing really. yours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot that, that goes into it. But, you know, you, you figured it was happening at some point. But I agree. I think Nebraska is in as great spot as anybody. You know, you got the open door skies with Blake Lawrence and Adi Kunalik right here um in the backyard helping assist that whole thing. So yeah. there's no reason we can't, you know, be the best. Did you
0: feel pretty like taken care of, I guess, without it, you know, being legal, like like well supported and stuff, you know, long term and for your career and beyond and everything at Nebraska?
2: Yeah. I mean, shoot, when I got put on scholarship after, you know, two years, I thought I had a ton of money. Books for free at that time, you know, as a walk-on, you only got lunch at the training table for free. You didn't even get dinner. You had to pay for it. Oh, so the whole landscape's changed a lot. You know, walk-ons, I think they get every meal they get. Wow. I mean, it was serious. Like, they could knew. give us, they could give us bagels, but they couldn't give you cream cheese. <laughs> oh, I outside the weight room. Yeah, it was crazy. What it changed a lot? So, did they, I mean, does it drive you nuts then seeing like
1: Shador Sanders with like a seventy thousand dollars watch as he's walking around campus? Like, is that
2: just like? Yeah, well, I think his dad probably could have got that for him. But uh, <laughs> it, it is crazy, and you know, you got some college guys probably making more than some guys in the NFL which is
1: yeah i think a lot of them are i mean that's why they're staying back like blake Corum up in michigan said he would maybe he'd make of michigan stay yeah. than going
2: yeah which, which is it's just wild to me but i guess that's the the day and age we're at i guess yeah, that's absolutely crazy
1: um we've got a question on here that's in order to ask what's the favorite game you've played in but i'm gonna i'm gonna make it twofold ask you what your favorite game is that you played in Nebraska. And then mm-hmm. I want to tell you what my favorite game is, but it's, it's an obvious one because I want, I want to talk about Michigan State. It's one of my favorite plays of all time.
2: But you tell <laughs> me what your first one is. That's a leading question. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, Michigan State obviously is up there. Um, just because going into that game, I wasn't even sure if I was going to play. Uh, my mm-hmm. foot was pretty bad. And so obviously what happened there was – was a. Uh, That was a fun game, but probably my last game against Tennessee in the bowl game just because I feel that really helped me get a chance at the next level. You know, Tennessee had some pretty good guys and, you know, made a a few plays and had a few touchdowns. So I do think – and I had a lot of fun that game. Um, But obviously, yeah, Michigan State, um, probably the best memory I've had. Can we can we talk about it? So <laughs> you it. yeah,
1: so you're out of bounds, but one of the greatest catches oh, of all time. Allegedly out of bounds. Video, <laughs> no video proof. Yeah, I mean, so we had no chance in that game, right? They were, I think they were eight zero at the time, if I recall correctly. Um, and we, you know, we go into the game we're tight, close. Like, I mean, take us inside the play, like.
2: Yeah, you know, we were we were gassed. We had run all go, however many plays in a row. You know, Westy made a few big catches and you know, they call in the play, and I was supposed to be on the other side, it was supposed to be Stanley Morgan. But I was like, nah, young pup, you got your ears. I know where the ball's going. And true story, I waved, I told him to stay over there. I knew where the ball was going. And yeah, we were so tired. I didn't even oh yeah, I didn't even realize what was going on. But yeah, he forced me out for sure
0: yeah so clearly
2: uh was it i
1: mean did you know at the time like did you have concerns at the time like they call it back because of it or were you like oh
2: no like i was definitely forced out i'm good oh no there was definitely concerns (laughs) yeah and then there was a lot of concerns after the kickoff you know i think we kicked it out of bounds yeah yeah kicked that yeah i'm I'm getting old. I'm forgetting but you know you're this you're thinking game-winning catch and then that and then they're driving you're like you've got to be kidding me you know the whole thing world is tipped upside down but no fun time was fun obviously selfishly for me but for the team for the fans it was a great memory and you know I, I can't wait for the next one is it if you get stopped in the street or if you meet
1: somebody is that the play they bring up or what's what's the thing that most people say to you
2: yeah, yeah, definitely that one. <laughs> a few months ago I was walking around High v with my girlfriend, and some random guy just like came and got in my face. He's like, Michigan State, let's go. And my girlfriend, she's like, what is going on? You know, he thinks it's so dumb, but pretty funny. But you know, I I love that. Yeah, yeah I, would, I yeah, I'd love that forever, man.
1: Every deal you walk into from the business standpoint, it's like, you guys ever seen Michigan State 2015? <laughs>
2: the most
0: like absurd part too like i just had to look it up because i was like i think we had a couple big we were we were down 12 with four minutes left
1: yeah (laughs) big time comeback
0: (laughs) so we scored with a minute 47 tommy it's not going in that was a 10 play drive and then had to get the ball back (laughs)
2: Like, yeah, we were we were running off. quite a bit those last five minutes, that's for sure. But you know, at that point there's so much adrenaline going. You're tired, but you're you're not going to stop running. And, You know, Westy made a couple of great catches and got us in position. And Tommy was, was firing, that's for sure. He was he was uh, no fear back there. You know, he was going to chuck it. And again, you know, he had confidence that we were going to come down with it.
1: It's crazy too. And I'll I'll let you transition into the NFL questions after this, but um, it is like, and I had a good time like looking up all of these names and all the names you're bringing up. We were so deep at the wide receiver position. You're really your entire career, like Mm -hmm. with, with Stanley Morgan, with, you know, Kenny was, you know, a star for what, three, four straight seasons. Like you had three strong seasons that I I don't know. I feel like we've had a revolving door at wide receiver the last six seasons that there was such stability that you guys had for really like a five year period.
2: Yeah. We, we did have some guys too. And, you know, I think some gets maybe forgotten about a bit just because the style of offense, you know, maybe we were running like Quincy and Yeah. I mean, he was a monster. If he'd be in some of these other offenses that throw it however many times a game, I mean, he would have went first round. No doubt. He was a freak but They were great guys to learn from and great role models and teachers of the game, and wanted everyone else to do good. So, you know, Timmy Marlowe, great, um, you know, he was a legend, awesome dude, great, great team. throwback. He was, he was big for me when I first got there. He's like, Hey, learn the whole playbook, learn every position, because honestly, that's how you're going to first get an opportunity. And I took it to heart, I learned everything, and so it helped me be on the field more, you know, that last year. Um, Last two years, you know, we were deep, but I knew every position. And so I was out there quite a bit because I could just rotate and we had packages for each guy, just kind of like I mentioned earlier, these young kids need a package. You know, we had packages when Stan came in, we knew it was probably one of 10 plays and he was probably getting it because he was, he was different. I mean, he's still, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's one of the best. Yeah. He's a beast. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I guess that's what's, the, these
1: conversations are the ones that I'm like, I can't believe how did we end up in a spot that we're already playing essentially like, you know, two walk-on wide receivers and you know, I, I, I we have high expectations for Coleman, but you've got, you know, Ty Han out there, you've got Bullock out there, you know, they're doing they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. But you're like, How do we end up
2: with freshman walk-ons? Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, that yeah, are just it,
2: it is tough and you know, especially you know, then if the balls aren't thrown in the right spot, it makes them like – because, you know, last game, if Tyon catches one in stride for a touchdown, you know, he probably looks – seems a little bit better. Yeah. But it just seems when things aren't going and they just aren't going. and Yeah. It, it's tough to really tell. I, I need to probably film some – record some games and really watch them back to, to get a full grasp of everything. But, yeah, it's no better time to step up and make a name for yourself. And, yeah, I hope Malachi can – you know, yeah. get on a roll here because, I mean, physically he's a, big. a lot different than us three, different. you know, he's <laughs> he's big, he's fast, he can jump, he he can catch, so I that's hope guys, well, yeah.
0: What, uh, so, yeah, just to tie in some of the, um, like, the transition, I guess, like, so with that NIL comment on, you know, some players debating, like, should I go to the league, should I come back another year and stuff, yeah. Um, you know, I, I it's hard to blame some of the players, too, for like going through a transition time and saying, like, I just I just don't know about this. Do you like when you guys were transitioning and stuff, did you um, was it harder to recruit as well? They're doing a good job recruiting and stuff. But, you know, if you don't really know the coaches and, and you're doing the peer recruiting and stuff you guys have like host recruits and where you're just like, well, you know, you're committing to the university or like, how do you, do they coach you on how to approach that?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, when Pelini was a coach, he kind of had the reputation guys kind of knew what they were getting themselves into, you know, coming to Nebraska, everyone that played for Bo, you know, he was hard on you, but he'd have your back. He'd try to develop you as best he could to get a shot at the NFL. And then, you know, when Coach Riley was here, it was a little bit different because he kind of he kind of let his position coaches do most of the coaching and recruiting and whatnot. And, you know, yeah. so when receivers would come in, I mean, our job was easy. They knew who our receiver coach was. You know, he's big on social media. He's got a lot of guys in the NFL. Everyone talks highly. So it's like, you guys can go where you want, but if you want to get to the league, this is where you need to come. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter what style of offense. This guy, he he's put – tens and twenties and thirties of guys in the NFL, he knows what he's doing. So, Um, you know, that, that definitely made it easier. But now that you mentioned NIL, it it would be hard to recruit. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think rules done, done a good job. And I think he said, came out the other day, he's like, you know, we want guys that want to be here that, you know, they don't, he's like, we're not going to bribe kids with NIL. Because as soon as they're not playing, they're fine in the next school. If they don't really want to be there. So there's that fine line for sure you have to have the nil to be competitive but you got to find the guys that want to be there to be there
0: yeah
2: 100 so when you um like if you were still playing
0: in college specifically
2: mm-hmm.
0: who would you be signing an nil deal with mm-hmm. it, it would be your top dog
2: you know, I think I'd have to go with Runza. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, it's pretty basic, that. it's pretty basic of an answer, and probably Dairy Queen. I'd have to probably get in on that. Cute. Nice,
0: <laughs> yeah. get on Warren Buffett's good side
2: there. You know, you can't probably say berries or the brass rail, you probably get frowned on, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty good, pretty good spots too.
0: <laughs> the brass rail supports you in other ways. <laughs> <laughs> not nil specifically um, but yeah so it, you had the uh you know you had the honor to be a part of a couple of different nfl teams and stuff pretty awesome something not too many people get to say um but yeah you i you had kind of a familiar story you know you, you leave and so many guys are it's uh, no one right i think recognizes just how hard it is to be on any part of any NFL team, even if you're a star at the college level. Um, And so, to you, I guess just for your perspective, so you led the 2017 Bills. I was like, looking back, you led the 2017 bills preseason wide receiver core. You're, you know, having a great preseason. Um, Pretty awesome. I mean, you're a walk on, you know, from Grand Island, (laughs) Nebraska, you get out to, uh, you know, to Buffalo, you're, you're leading the team. You've like, you've made it. I imagine your thought at the time was like, I, I can do this. Did you feel when they ended up cutting you? Like, was it like, what just happened? Like you just got the rug kind of pulled out or what's that? What's it like going through that?
2: Yeah. um, No good questions. Uh, The NFL, it's very, uh, I mean, obviously very competitive. It's very mental. Yeah. Um. It's very hard not to overthink or count numbers and, you know, training camp. They're cutting people every day. Yeah. During the season and even tr- they're bringing guys into workout. There's always people. They're always looking to replace you. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I thought I was going to get drafted to the Packers. Um. Mm-hmm. They flew me out on a pre-draft visit. Then during the draft, they called me saying, "Hey, we got three picks left. We're going to take you." They wow. end up taking one of my. He's a friend now. Uh, Malachi Dupree uh, receiver from LSU <laughs> and then he ended up back up in Buffalo with me but it was probably a good thing because um, they were kind of stacked at that point and so you know me, Keith Williams my agent it was Keyshawn Johnson this dude Chris Ellison um, mm-hmm. all the teams that reached out that wanted me to be a free agent we kind of looked at the rosters and Buffalo seemed like the best fit best chance um, so yeah we go there and you know, it's a grind. You maybe not get a ton of reps at practice, but when you're in, you better do the right thing. And yeah, and then you slowly learn how much of a business um, it is. And that first year, yeah, I had a great preseason.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and the last preseason game, I had a few catches and I got smoked on a slant. So I had to get checked for a concussion. They said no, but they coach, head coach, and everyone's like, nope, you're done for the day so I got all the veterans coming over like, dude, you made it, you know, Richie incognito, all those guys like, man, you made it. So I'm feeling good game over, whatever next day call cut. And I'm like, man, they're like, no, we want you for practice squad. And, you know, at that point you're naive to everything. I'm like, well, someone else will call and whatever, end up staying there. And, you know, I found out later that, you know, they kept me out of the game because they didn't want other teams to see me. Huh. Which I'm like, that's you really learn it's a business. Yeah, but you know, I had a great experience there. Wow, great group of guys. Shoot, I talked to a lot of the guys all the time. Shoot, I got Micah Hyde. I lived with him and his wife for years. Awesome. the dude I've ever met. Um, but but it is crazy. But it's so mental. You know, you can't count the numbers and. Yeah, pe- people say, Oh, practice squad in the NFL. You know, I could do that. Well, no. At that point, at that point, there's only 10 people total on a practice squad, 53 on a team. Oh, wow. huh. That's not a lot. I think we had six receivers total. You know, it's at that point, even now. I mean, you go look at some of the practice squad rosters and look what they did in college. Mm-hmm. Some pretty good players. Yeah. Uh um, so what you,
0: and what do you do, I guess, like after that? I mean, that's that's gotta be just that hard like you know, oh shit, like I didn't, didn't like now what kind of thing. But do you just keep I mean yeah. surprise so, and, advise yeah, and so, like do you hope for so another did, team to call or do you
2: Yeah, so good question. So yeah, I did practice, I was on practice squad um most of the year. I got moved up to the fifty three, um, the last five games. Yeah. And then I was part of the active the team that first team make uh the playoffs for the Bills and I'm getting. I forget. Yeah. It was like seventeen years or something. So being part of yeah. that was super awesome.
0: Yeah.
2: Anyways, had a great team. Next year, come out training camp, having a great camp. You know, I was running with the ones. Break, break my ribs. Um, and that was tough. You know, I'm trying to fight through it. I was in a great spot. I was oh, playing great. great, and end up getting cut. So mm-hmm. then you know, you f- fly back home. Just you can't really rehab broken ribs you know it's kind of resting then i was teams were flying me out to work out all all, everywhere i was traveling a ton but it's you know you just sit at home you never know what's gonna come the team flies you out are they gonna look to sign me are they gonna just want to see me in case someone gets hurt yeah and it's it was pretty exhausting you know i signed to detroit then went to dallas then went back to detroit then I went to Pittsburgh. Yeah. And then for training camp, they claimed me off waivers. And, you know, my week to make my push, our receiver coach died. What? Yeah. He died at training camp um, in his dorm. And so we basically had the week off. And so, you know, there's some things that's out of your control. Um, yeah. You know, there's some bad breaks, but I had some, I got some good breaks, you know, during Was each of the, I'm oh, sorry, keep going. No, I was going to say, during my first training camp at Buffalo, really before even the games, um, I found out later that they're like, hey, I think we got to cut someone who's last on the roster, and it was me. But they're like, oh, no, we're actually good. We don't have to cut anyone this week. And then I made a few plays. But at that point, if I would have got cut, then I would I would have been home for good. So you can't wow. just focus on yeah on the bad things
1: i was going to say so as you're doing as you're traveling all over the place you're going to pittsburgh and buffalo and all these different places is it like are these like surreal pinch yourself moments like i can't believe i'm here in pittsburgh i can't believe i'm here in buffalo It's just so cool as a childhood dream or does it become like more exhausting like i can't believe i gotta do this again (laughs) is it is it exciting from a childhood standpoint or like
2: stressful or all of it you know a little bit of both um you know, you kind of get used to it, but you know, as first in Buffalo, you know, pretty surreal feeling. Obviously, you know, guys you've watched or guys on your fantasy team know, and then you're hanging out with them. But then you realize, man, they're just, just, just guys, man. A lot yeah. of great dudes, and but it is, it's the most stressful thing. You know, there's just no job security. You never know when your phone's ringing and you get cut. The whole world's finding out about it, but. You're in that position, so you know, you can't just feel bad about it because you know, a lot of people are striving to be in that spot. But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, but definitely stress and some surreal moments. And it was fun, you know. A lot of my buddies gotta come out and meet guys and, and hang out, and you know, I, I really enjoyed that part of it as well. How's your body now? I'm good. My one shoulder is a little not great, but it's I'm all right. You're good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> some bad ones.
2: Rehab it. It be, are good. it. Could lot, it could be a lot worse, that's for sure. I, I feel pretty good. I'm a golfer though, so my body just I don't get beat up anymore. Why oh, are you?
0: <laughs> What's your handicap
2: setting? I try to be. I don't know. I think I'm like a two right now. What? Jesus, dude. <laughs> it's my it's my competitive fix. I need it.
1: Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I was not to expect you to say.
2: <laughs> Where are you so playing? Um, I play at Oak Hills Country Club up here, uh, cool. in Omaha. Good for you. Dang, are you
0: winning like local league cups. What are uh, them, there's uh, some
2: there's some good golfers out there that hopefully will tell me, but someday, yeah, something to strive for. <laughs> uh,
0: so, how does like if somebody if uh, I guess if somebody's trying to make that decision, they're saying, okay, do I want to, you know and make the jump to the NFL but I have no idea if I'm going to be on a team or whatever. How do you how do you think players now like how do they make their market value assessment? Like how do they say I'm worth this much in college versus the NFL?
2: Yeah, you know. Well, the thing is you're not going to say if you're worth it or not. Some team will let you know if you are <laughs> or not, but you know, I, I would say, you know, you got to do it. You know, it might be stressful, might be tough for a year or two, but you're young at that point, you know, the real world will still be waiting for you. And yeah. you never know, you know, what can, what can come of it. And, you know, even just the short stint I have, you know, it's, it's helped in my next career um, in a way. And, and just those experiences, you know, you got to go for it, regardless if it's NFL or it's something else you want to do in life, not sports, you know, if it's, if there's a chance, you, you might as well just wait and see, see what happens. I, I mean, that's you know, if I would have said oh, I don't think I could do it, wouldn't even have tried. I, I know I would have looked back later on and just said, you know, what if I would have tried it? So yeah, I, mean, I don't get, don't regret know. nothing about it. Few people get to ever say, you know, they had that. Yeah, I think it's awesome.
1: It's great, yeah. man. Especially walking around Nebraska, man, as a former player and an NFL alum. Yeah, that's got that's got to play pretty well in a lot of different circles in, in Nebraska.
0: Yeah, how did it feel going, going back to Nebraska? Do you feel like you were welcomed pretty openly? Do you feel like they were, you know, rolling out the red carpet and passing out
2: cocktails, or how, how was the welcome back? Yeah, well, I don't think I was good enough for a red carpet, but uh, no, ev- everyone's great. It's, you know, I always tell people, you know, I've lived a few different places across the country, and, you know, I don't think there's anywhere better than here. You know, a lot of good people. I don't, I don't see myself going anywhere. It's, I enjoyed it here and, you know, fans are great. And, you know, it seems every new staff that comes in here, you know, they're great to former players and, you know, I, I just truly enjoy it. That's
0: awesome. Good to hear. Well, my, uh, yeah, that is good to hear. I mean, honestly, you just, you hope that like the, the new regime doesn't say, you know, we're cutting ties with the old ways, you know, you
2: mm-hmm. just
0: never hear that like it's so important to Nebraskans and, like Nebraska football is just our lifeblood so you
2: know yeah
0: um did you uh when you were at the game and stuff did you guys have a chance to sit down with any of the coaches and players and
2: no not at the game but uh during uh spring practice I'm probably not at the game <laughs> yeah no we we went to uh went to a few spring practices and former players went up to the team auditorium and rural spoke to the team and he was very impressive. And I think, I think everyone was buying in and excited to see what he can do and, you know, knowing we can't rush to, um, assume things or, you know, obviously we all want to be great right away, but, you know, it may take some time, but I think, you know, most people have seen some improvement and hopefully keep stacking on that.
1: Yeah. I've actually heard from a few different alums that were at that, that, um, you know, he, he the the speech was basically around like it's not this isn't an era's thing this is a we thing like everybody's a Nebraska football um
2: yeah overall. exactly
1: very I mean he's he's got the gift man he's he's got a bunch of stuff going viral right now he's like pregame postgame speeches man he's got me all fired up I love yeah. the
2: guy. he he's not gonna mess up any interviews that's for sure he's he's smooth
1: yeah he's he's got the he's got the private and the public thing I mean it's he's got everything going on it's just like he's got to kind of like you were saying he's got to stack some wins. Yeah, um, since, he's, know,
2: he's the Our schedule sets up pretty nicely, so. So what i not think We'll see. God. Maryland might be tough, but. Are
0: you uh? When you guys were when you were playing, like you mentioned the pressers and stuff. Pellini maybe not his finest attribute. Uh, <laughs> just talking. Yeah. To, to the press. His beef with Dirk Shatlin Oh my God! I just. <laughs> I just lived for that every single day. And I, day. course, do, do players, uh, I mean, do you, I don't know, like how attuned to to that are you? Like, are you drowning it out and our, our players, you know, they, they know how to deal with adversity. And, but like, are you hearing the pressers? Are you guys, you know, pretty attuned to what's going on? Like with the coach speak and everything that they're saying too.
2: Yeah, I know. You, you definitely know. Um, you know, you can say you tune stuff out, but you're always going to hear it. And whether it's someone on the team or whether it's one of your buddies on campus saying something, you know, you you know, what's you know what's going on. And hmm. yeah, Pelini, uh, the media wasn't always the best to him. Um, yeah, you know, he just couldn't flip the switch off, yeah. but he was passionate. You know, he wanted to win more than anything. And, yeah. you know, this today's day and age, as much social media and stuff there is, you know, you got to be able to play both sides. and. You know, I think rule is, I mean, probably the best there is, especially at this point, at, at doing that, and, yeah. not, and not doing it, you know, in a fake manner, just for popularity. People are like I truly think, you know, what he's saying and he's believing, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm bought in for sure. Yeah, the
1: the Poli thing, such an, I mean, think about him probably more than I should, but the um, because he he would knock down his schedule. He goes ten and two this year, I think. I don't know if you like that to me is at minimum 10 of two, you've got Michigan and then you get tripped up with a Wisconsin or an Iowa. But like what he was unbelievable at is he never lost. He never lost a game that he wasn't like that. Not never, but yeah. he was able to knock down like Illinois done easy. Northwestern got it. Check. Like, you mm-hmm. know, these next three for him across all of his whole careers. Like, yeah, we're going to beat Northwestern. Yeah. Purdue got it. You know Illinois, check check check. So I don't know. It's it's, it's always interesting, like kind of look back I and mean, be like the things that you know we got tripped up on is like any big game or you know an Ohio State type game. But mm-hmm. the Illinois and Northwesterns, he he handled.
2: Yeah, I know. It's just I always feel we're to a point where it's like God, God, it should be an easy win, you know, but mm. they haven't been. But yeah, just part of it. I mean, they got good players too and coaches that are working long hours trying to win. Everyone's you know, everyone's in it, but I hope soon we get to that point where you're right. Like the easy wins are easy wins. And then you got to upset some people when you're maybe not supposed to win. Yeah. All right, Brandon, we're going to keep going. Chat a little bit longer. You're more than welcome
1: to join us. We're going to talk Northwestern, do a preview, but you've been more than generous with your time. So totally up to you. You're more than welcome to keep hang on, talk a little Northwestern, or you can hang out and, or, you know, head to bed. It's late you tell us yes.
2: it, it is getting uh pretty close to my bedtime so i might i may jet here but yeah any other time you guys want uh just let me know and i appreciate uh, appreciate you having me on
1: awesome brand thanks for joining us man really appreciate your time so uh, yeah great to hear these backs these stories These are a lot of great throwbacks for us
2: yep absolutely thanks guys all right, all right
1: man sure. yep.
2: later folks that
1: was brandon riley that's awesome i love going down memory lane that's a ton of fun that's man, a that's-
2: uh that Keith
1: Williams drop is just—that's uh, blowing my mind right now. <laughs> I know. I've been I like Keith, Keith Williams, and then I've been like what? Keith Williams, and I've also been hesitant to do the, like to pull for Mickey Joseph, and I'm sure he's out there somewhere too. But God. you know, I don't know. Rule's loyal to—he's loyal to McGuire. He wants it to happen. So yeah, no, I love it.
0: It's—he's got, he's got the right young energy and stuff. I think Brandon himself—he's—he's he's got good—he's uh, got good perspective on everything.
1: Yeah, I think that's – I think that's – you know, these are great conversations for us to have. Character, you know, we talked to him in our second episode. He's had a lot of similar things to say. He just said he's he's a great uniter, and he's united across classes and across teams, and he's doing all the right things. And just like, you know, Brandon was saying, it's like he's done all the right things. He's saying all the right things. He's done – you know, it's as good as it could be. He's got to stack wins. But, man, imagine if he starts stacking wins right now. Uh Uh-oh. I mean Uh – Oh, I Here mean, what are we doing? Like, I you... is the limit. I mean, what you know? Okay, so we transition is Northwestern. Yeah, the
0: uh, Northwestern Wildcats. Man, they had a tough off season. Oh, that didn't go as planned. But <laughs> so they lose their longest tenure their uh, you know probably their longest tenured like faculty in the entire school or something, but. Um. And one of the highest-paid employees in the entire state, but he—he's uh, now suing he's them for one hundred and thirty million. One hundred thirty million dollars. Some more cash with him. He's suing for one hundred thirty million dollars. Old school. That's that's should get him through the next few years of his life. I think. <laughs> yeah. God, uh, but yeah. So a bit of a culture shift there. Their, uh you know, their new coach, their interim coach, Braun. He's uh, honestly, it's. I didn't think that they would be three and three at this point. I didn't know if they were going to win a game. I really didn't. I think they were, and then they were down by, you know, three scores to Minnesota late and pulled off a win. So they uh, lost handily to uh, Rutgers. They lost handily to Duke. They lost handily to Penn State, but they took care of uh, UTEP 38-7. to uh, They miraculously overcame and uh, beat Minnesota 37-34 in OT. Uh, and they beat Howard 23 to 20. Howard is more than one person, that's an entire school,
1: <laughs> and they beat him by three. I'm pretty yeah. sure. And I, I meant to look was, this up. It was uh, uh didn't, they, didn't they need like a miracle comeback to beat Howard?
0: Mm, Howard came on late.
1: Oh, is it Howard late. came on late? Yeah, I mean, 23
0: 20. It's wow. not great, it's not a large amount of points against Howard. Uh, and they were not starting their tra- their grad transfer QB Ben Bryant. He w- went to Cincinnati. He was a late transfer. He was like I think it was I want to say it was May, maybe even close, like pretty close to summer. Um, from Cincinnati, he was coming off of an injury, and uh, he is injured again. I tried to look up if they are starting him this weekend. It is impossible to find There's news no, on Northwestern no football. It's like yeah. no one just knows anything, and nobody's seen anything. The the other big note in uh for just like this team in general, um, no one knows anything because nobody has seen them play. Their <laughs> attendance <laughs> figures are in—it's incredible. They here's here's it. I just tweeted this out, but at Rutgers, all right. So Rutgers home crowd fifty-three thousand. Uh, home game UTEP. 14,000, it's like a, it's
1: like a high school game.
0: That is a Texas high school stadium uh, at Duke. All right. Duke's crowd. Duke's crowd didn't show up that day either. 18,141 home game against Minnesota. All right. You know, another big conference game, 20,148. These are per CFB stats.com home game versus Penn state. All right. So they got the miracle win, uh, you know, energy is, is going the right direction. 25,000 people, 25,000 for a home game against the number six team in the country. Yeah, I think they just, and And that's
1: like
0: the 22,160. I mean, I think fans are just checked out. They like, we're not excited about this. Fitz got fired. Their offense pretty much stinks. Their defense is okay, but pretty much stinks. Their special teams is average, but also kind of stinks. They just, they've managed to scrap a few wins together, which is awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: The The thing that gets me about this game is that if Northwestern wants to be bowl eligible, which they do, they have to beat us. They're, they have a schedule that is not really permitting them uh, to win six games otherwise, I don't think. And so likewise for us, these next three games are so essential to make a bowl game
1: yeah
0: and so this game even though like nationally people are probably not gonna be paying as much attention is absolutely huge for us to keep a a winning streak going and for northwestern to try and make a bowl game themselves so it, it actually you know it carries some excitement i think in that way and i think when two programs Look at each other, and it's like the Spider-Man meme where they're pointing back and forth at each other, like, "Hey, we're both in a little bit of a rut here." Uh, I think it. I think it is going to bring the energy up quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I think those are. I think those are all good directional indicators because I think it's like, you know, so they they went one eleven last year with their only win being, Us. you know, allegedly game in Europe that well, didn't, you know, didn't didn't count. Yeah, no. Not in, it was not in the United States. States. Okay. So, you know, no. obviously games in the United States don't count. A, is what it does not recognize yeah. international uh, It was laws. certainly a direct result of Frost getting fired was like, you know, by four names and they were clearly the worst team in the country. So this is a, this is a 1-11 team that's turned into a 3-3 and team, which, you know, that's 300% improvement for them already. But you're like, the reason that they would beat us over the last handful of years is because I think Fitz is a great coach and Fitz is able to maximize – the talent that they have on the field and make them play incredibly well and they always have a very strong defense but you're coming off a 111 season without fence. and yeah. you yeah. lose your leader and you lose a, probably one of the best coaches in college football that you know conceptually like yeah we're in a rut too but we at least have a stability of a coach who's going to be here like they've got a bunch of guys who are all probably trying to figure out where their next job is they've got a bunch of players that are probably about to transfer that's like this is one of those games you just got to score a couple and just you know, bury them and shut it down. Um, they'll probably hang around. I mean, if they're able to hang with Minnesota the way they were, if they were able to hang, you know, and keep these things tight, you know, they theoretically hang around. But God, like what a golden opportunity for us! It is just like
0: oh,
1: so you know, good. these next three couldn't set up better for us. And so the fact that like you're taking on you know a team that's in shambles in Northwestern, and once they find their footing, maybe they get back to where they were. You know, you follow that up with a game against a two and five Purdue, who also just can't find, you know, they're just getting crushed left and right. They just got yeah. buried by Ohio State. Then then you've got another coachless team in Michigan State. Right. So you got three straight games against two two teams without a head coach. Yep. Both all three of them are in a free fall. Like Purdue's in a first year head coach. Brahm is clearly an, an elite coach at Louisville. Although they just lost, which is kind of a weird game. But, you know, (laughs) ignore that. But then, even, and then you look, you go out to Maryland and they just lost to Illinois. Illinois Illinois is one of the worst football teams I've seen in the last 10 years. And Wisconsin apparently can't score on good defense. And Wisconsin can't, and Wisconsin had six points. And Iowa has quite literally the worst statistical offense, almost in the history of the country. But they, they're 133. And you see their tight end. Iowa's tight end is done for the season, too. They're leading fast Oh, gosh. Done for the I season. I got injured. I did not see that. Wow. Done for That's the season. Cool. So you talk about a six-game stretch that, like, wow. I mean, it does not it, – it's impossible for it to set up better for us than this. We will never have a – I've been That's saying great. it since the beginning of the season. This yep. will be the easiest schedule that we play the entire season that we just right. put it together. Entire decade. I mean, we're playing USC next season. Like, good Lord. Sure. But, like, that, yeah. But in particular, these programs that are all in transitional stages Northwestern, you know, no coach, Michigan State, no coach. You know, Maryland's struggling right now. Wisconsin, you know, now you're heading into later months that it does favor to what rules trying to build of this defense first culture. I am terrified of our offense. It kills me. God, that whole conversation with Brandon was like killing me. Yeah, as he's just rattling off like stanley Morgan, It's like we had one stanley morgan if we had one stanley morgan yeah. we run the table if we have trey yeah. palmer you win the next six games. well yeah no it's i mean
0: this he's absolutely right like what better time to make a name for yourself and truly like a northwestern caliber game this is when you start to find out like like i can just go to you and we'll just be more talented we'll just be better better. and so you know mal coleman like he's a very sought after player i i I do agree with brandon riley saying like he was he was never going anywhere else but i you know he did take some official visits to other programs he did so anyway he's a sought after player and the reason is like he is a physical monster he is a i mean he's a track star he's like 6'4 He's 220 plus. I mean, he just, he needs the playbook and he needs the mental aspect to come together. And he's the type of guy that can become a star like pretty quickly. And not only can he, he has to. Like yeah. that's the difference here is that like he needs to be, you know, cramming night and day. Like people need to be bringing him snacks to his dorm room so he can stay up all night. Yeah. And be, feed him some adderall let him keep just studying and keep getting the film down the playbook everything he just like he's being forced into a into a position that's uncomfortable but this is where like the cream rises to to the top here yeah so and northwestern too like the the other thing that i guess makes me you know gives me some comfort is when you look at like what is our our game plan. Well, so we run the ball 60 on offense. We run the ball 62% of the time. And so it's just like looking into, you know, what is, what is their weaknesses? They cannot stop the run. They are like, and horrendous at stopping the run. In fact, they're averaging giving up 4.4 yards per rush. And that's with facing, you know, these FCS teams as well. Opponents are running the ball 40 times per game on them, and they're giving up 4.4 yards per rush. Uh, They're 101st in opponent rushing yards per game as well. They're a little bit better on pass defense, um, but that to me is like, okay, we run the ball 40 times plus a game. We run the ball for five yards per carry. This is a run-the-damn-ball game through and through. And a pass should be considered a trick play. Try and take the top off to, to Coleman. Design some plays to get Kemp the ball. You know, use Fedoni. He's going to be a mismatch at all times. Fedoni's time. big. But there shouldn't really be a time when it's like we shouldn't struggle too much on the ground to the point where our offense like has to abandon
1: the run game. And that's, that's why I'm feeling a little confident on offense. Yeah, I think that's – that's. I mean, I, I think what I'm – now I'm kind of going back to the Illinois game, too, of we don't need the offense to do that much, right? Like, you know, that the playbook that was set uh, for from the Illinois game is – you know, you kind of look back on that game and it was the most frustrating offensive performance of all time. But I think the defense wreaks a lot more havoc than we probably give them credit for in the sense that, you know, Illinois is making a ton of mistakes, but it's like, was that because of pressure that we got the interceptions and the fumbles from the special teams and everything else? I'm looking at the stats now for Illinois versus Maryland. So Illinois who had what, 23 rushing yards against us, backed it up with 130 the following week against Maryland. And they yeah. had, you know, 200 passing yards, 300 340 total yards and they put up 27 points and beat maryland who was five and one and yeah. everyone was kind of like maybe maryland is you know the one of the top teams in the conference so you know part of me is kind of like okay if that's the model of like the d can do a lot of stuff yeah. like the offense needs to literally like pick a couple field goals and and have two good drives and win we yeah. we, goals? Are, we, are we good there no, we're three three for seven, I think, on the yeah. season,
0: which is fantastic. Forty two percent,
2: forty two percent,
0: 129th <laughs> in the country. There,
1: 129th? Uh, well, we're not last, so that's good. <laughs> how many teams are there? <laughs> oh, why not? it's one hundred thirty three, and the only reason I know that is because someone was talking today about how Iowa has the one hundred thirty third best offense in the country. Work worse, depending on how you look at it.
2: Yeah,
0: that. So that actually was about was what was what I was about to say was. So the comparisons between Iowa and Nebraska this year, uh, a little painful, but yeah, uh, painfully accurate. Like I should probably tweet something out about that too. But our offenses are are extremely comparable statistically. Our defenses are actually also pretty darn comparable. And the thing is about like Iowa's defense, you know, I don't want to say this with and get all the Hawkeye panties in a jumble, but we don't actually know if they are like a great defense. They're like the big 10 has a couple elite offensive teams. Penn state, Penn state lit them up.
1: Yeah. True. True.
0: Michigan lit us up. Yeah. So is it the competition that you're playing? I I mean, I, I, I think that they're good because they, because they're handling the competition that they're dealt and they're winning. Based on their defense, yet again, and they're always pretty rock solid. But the fact is, like, gosh, they play one one team with a with a top twenty five offense, and and they just they got, you know, lit for thirty one points, yeah, zero points.
1: Sorry. Yeah, they lost. Um, yeah, it's a good point. I think there's there's also been, um, having like an existential crisis on how much rule loves Iowa. Like he talks about him a lot in press <laughs> conference. I don't. I don't even know if he's getting asked about it.
0: Oh, no, Matt. Stop it. Stop saying. Yeah,
1: because uh, you know, and part of me appreciates it. Like they might finish ten and two because they're not going to beat us. Yeah. But can't allow They'll that. be ten and
0: two. That's crazy. We have to band together as Big Ten brothers in arms and stop <laughs> Iowa from going ten but and I, two.
1: You know, that's right. where I kind of come back to. How do you like,
0: explain that to anybody that they went? They were
1: ten and two without without scoring, without having fifty points. On our watch? Are you kidding me? Yeah, so it's, I don't know, how, but I, you can see his, like, eyes light up. He's like, well, they scored more points than the other team, and, you know, they're able to do all these things, and you're like, oh, my God. Like, I, I appreciate the sentiment of they've got a very strong defensive foundation. I like that we're building that at Nebraska, but I'm yeah. also like, I can't, you know, we got to figure out the offense. That's just the only, that's the only part that gets me to watch the games is the offense and, like, for us just to not even care. Like, please yeah. just give me a couple of these guys back. Let's figure this yeah. out. I mean, our
0: defense is, uh, I don't see us giving up more than 14 points this game. It's just, they do, so they do pass a lot. And I would say if you had to choose right now between our rush defense and pass defense, I guess you would, you'd probably pick our our rush defense being a little bit better there. They throw the ball 36 times a game. They're only at uh, six yards a pass. So they're like a, you know, short, quick completions type team not too much explosiveness they've got uh their receiver aj henning they're gonna get him involved in the running game he's got like 12 rushes on the year through six games and then he's uh um he's got their most passes and stuff so he's the one that's able to take things uh, over the top there so i i think that our defense is going to stack up pretty well and like the the recipe for us to win the rest of these games is we we want to play a mediocre offense because our defense will win that battle and then our offense needs to be playing a pretty bad defense (laughs) and then we'll win that battle yeah and that's like you know we will i think we'll handle most average offenses i think we'll handle above average offenses on on the defensive side it's that our offense needs to be playing a pretty bad defense and northwestern's defense is pretty bad so that's putting us at double digit favorites i don't know if we cover that I will not offer any betting betting suggestions. As I think we're
1: 11. Are we 11?
0: Four for 18 last week in top 25 pick up against the spread. So there you go. I'm going to start fading myself. And uh, we're, yeah, we're 11 and a half favorites.
1: 11 and a half. I don't know. That's a good. I'd like to win by 11 and a half. I'd like to win by more. But I don't know. It's like, what if we put a statement game together and like shut them out and win like 28 nothing? That'd be sick. <laughs> See. That's what I like. That I think the bye weeks are like the best thing that can ever happen to you because, like, you forget everything about the stress of the season and you're like coming all the way back. And, and weeks, you watch, and that's I that's watched just you just watch terrible football the whole time. You're like, I watched all of Wisconsin, you just Island, fun like, of everybody else. Like, you're like, I watched crazy. Wisconsin, my horse, not dude. You watch Wisconsin, Iowa's like wow, Wisconsin is not good. This is crazy, and Iowa stinks. I watched Purdue get their doors blown off. I watched Illinois beat Maryland. You're like, this <laughs> is crazy, and like all of it was setting up so perfectly for us. Like Colorado blew the biggest lead of all time. Yeah, oh um, that was that was delicious. Yeah, all of it, but all of it, you're just like, oh my god. In particular, dangerous. just paying attention to all of like the upcoming games of like Purdue stinks, Northwestern stinks, Maryland like not good, Wisconsin <laughs> really struggling. I don't know. It's like it, the time is ripe to to make something happen so god it's like you just hope these guys can we just stay freaking healthy man it's like all these guys just like would drop like flies yeah they uh man <laughs>
0: the northwestern just like with everything that they've been through though too like this just becomes i mean before the season even started before you knew a thing about nebraska this year you saw the Northwestern news and there's just like, okay, that's a win. I mean, God, these guys are sexually assaulting each other. Yeah, um, forget it. Okay. Well, that's a win. Like that's well, so. I think that just that plus like, and how does that change the locker room now that they can't, uh, you know, yeah. each other uh, in the locker room? Like now they're probably questioning everything they thought they knew about
1: football. Well, I think that if we go back to what Brandon Riley was saying, um, think about from that perspective where he's saying there's, there's locker room animosity and firing uh, at firing Polini, and they had an entire offseason to like rally together, right? And he's like, you know, there's imagine like they fired him in like August. Imagine what that locker room is like right now, how pissed they are with the athletic department. Like, how pissed, you know, I don't know what Michigan State's locker room is like, but like they fired him, you know, the midseason. So yeah. you're, you're talking about these guys who are just, you know, just like Brandon was saying, you got a divided locker room at both of yeah. those places. The players are quitting, they're going to transfer portal, they're trying to find the next spot they can go to that like. These are just, to me, like, you can't... And then the other players are wearing cats against the world (laughs) shirts. Yeah. They're just games you can't lose.
0: Can we get a little perspective here, guys? Do you know why? Do you you even understand why the world is against you? It's because you're beating the crud out of each other. Allegedly. In in the shower. Like, what do you mean cats against the world? It's like, guys, you think we're going to be, like... Cheering for you now.
1: Let me ask you this: What type of hysteria goes through Nebraska if we are seven and three, heading into Wisconsin? Oh, can you imagine? Oh, or better yet, eight and three heading into Iowa. (laughs) Iowa, Iowa is ten and one. Oh.
0: Play that one out. Oh my, it's the dream scenario. I mean, it really is. Like, here's what I was actually like thinking about earlier. too these are just things that go through my head when I'm walking around the house. You want every game the rest of the year to be meaningful, and and like even if you are saying like, okay, well, we're not going to beat the, we're not going to beat Wisconsin or Iowa. Like, okay, sure, but you want it to be meaningful to to like when you start that game you want it to be like this could be a a monumental moment every single game like you don't like if you once you're eliminated from contention and you're eliminated from you know like bowl contention like the, the players feel that they lose that too but if you're going into november and you've got maryland wisconsin iowa on deck and you are, you know, six and three or five and four, like you want those games carry a little bit of extra value. And I just, that's all you want as a fan too. It's like, you want to just be so bought in and you just want to be so invested in those moments.
1: Yeah. I think, and I think, you know, again, you can set it up. Win the next two, you know, win the next two and you're like one game away, obviously from bowl eligible, which is the number everybody's chasing. Is at number six. Um, But I think we're going to be playing meaningful football, you know, from a big standpoint too, because I think you're not out of the big 10 West race until you've lost. Yeah. Four games.
0: Like, yeah. Know. It's just going to be tough to do it with, uh, you know, one skill player remaining from summer camp.
1: So. One skill player. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, but I, I don't
0: know. I, I think that we're i think that if we put a good showing together versus northwestern this is an opportunity basically to solidify our uh running game um like northwestern you know their pass defense is not that much better but i just think that we need to get to a point where like Harburg's completing comfortable passes and our running game is taking care of the rest And I mean, the Northwestern, like their opponent completion percentage is 63 and a half. That's 97th in the country. Um, The opponents like rarely ever have to pass because their run defense is so bad. Um, So (laughs) opponents are only passing 26 times per game on them, which is the 14th lowest uh, amount in the country. Um, And their pass yards per game allowed, though, is uh, 193. So I mean, they're giving up about 200 on the ground and about 200 through the air. So that's like a balanced, a nice balanced porous defense for us to take Perfect. advantage of and get your and get your offense right going into um, the next week. I'm excited. Feeling good. All right, we wrap this thing you up. Else is covering. <laughs> talked back uh, it, Talked back into it. I wasn't going uh, to, but now now I am. Wrap this thing up. Feel good. Score prediction? Yeah. It was a great, it was a great bye week, a fantastic bye week. Other than Notre Dame winning, a lot of teams that I wanted to lose lost. It was great. It's fun. It's fantastic. The only uh, you know, just for fans that are on edge right now about Iowa, I get it. They might be a double-digit win team, but we're gonna band together. We're not gonna allow it to happen. Technically, I'm just putting this out there. Iowa beating Wisconsin was probably better for our chances at the title as well. Correct. Looking at Wisconsin's schedule, they now have a loss, and they still have Ohio State. That's going to be a loss. Two
1: losses. losses.
0: And that's two for them. They might have two going into our game. We needed them to have two going into our game, basically. I mean, unless we win out. But Iowa, I think, is going to lose another one. And then we're going to be playing Iowa when they have two losses.
1: Who's Iowa oh, lose to? Minnesota. Buddy. Yeah, they could
0: they get, Iowa could lose to anybody on any given week.
1: Yeah, that's true. When you can't play a game, points.
0: they just won a football game passing for thirty-seven yards. <laughs> so it's they play.
1: They have Minnesota, who's probably like their best shot of losing. I mean, so yeah, Minnesota, yeah. maybe Northwestern. They're going to lose to. They're not going to lose their records. Illinois, if they play I don't know. Illinois is trash though. So like that's like wow, the worst. Just beat, just beat Maryland. It's the Big Ten
0: West, man. Anything's yeah. possible. Anything on uh, any given moment is possible in the Big Ten West. All your dreams could come true. <laughs> it it's is,
1: very Yeah. Bad. I mean, yeah, I feel I mean I just think Illinois is a trash team, but if they put it all together like they did against Yeah, Maryland, who knows? All right, let's wrap this thing up. Um Challenges I think we, I think we I think we win big.
0: Twenty-eight seven. Twenty-eight seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna
1: say like 55-14, but now that I'm looking at I our numbers, numbers. I mean, what, what, was what, is, what, what is Bullock gonna have nine touchdowns? Like, how are you gonna get fifty-four like that? We haven't scored fifty-four all season. We have like we have like six seven. we have like six offensive touchdowns all season. right? I'm sure six and one. Uh, game.
0: Actually, yeah, no, I do think Northwestern's uh, defense is is porous enough that that our offense is gonna hit twenty-eight going to have it's, its way a little bit more than even at illinois so 28 sounds good uh, i like like a 21 7 or maybe a maybe a 31 14 there we go thanks for giving up more than 14
1: all right folks thanks for listening to Huskies guys podcast always great to see you guys thanks to Brandon Riley for coming on go get some pipeline jerky check land hyphen lore.com pipeline-jerky.com husky store.com get all your good stuff thanks everybody for listening see you guys next time Go big red.